0: Welcome to machine learning, how the world works. I want to talk about how AI and machine learning is used to decir- decipher ancient uh, languages. So, one of the most, one of the oldest languages is Sumerian, and apparently Sumerian is very difficult to read. They. Um, According to one study, only 75 people in the world can read Sumerian uh, script fluently. Now, they inhabited Mesopotamia about 6,000 years ago. That's the region between Tigris and Euphrates rivers, and that would be today's, known as today's modern-day Kuwait, Turkey, and Syria. Now, when I look at Sumerian script, it's actually kind of um, exciting because it to me it um, looks a lot like the script I saw on the Michigan tablets, and there's definitely a Sumerian influence there now whether that uh, came from the Adina, the older group, and then was passed down to the Hopewell, and they began. And and the people in the region of of uh, Michigan began to to write uh, their history on clay tablets, much of the way the Samaritans did. That would suggest then that uh, Sumerian influence was also in America. So I'm really excited to find out if AI can be applied to some of this archaeology that has been largely ignored because no one can read it. Um, The Sumerians were considered to be very intelligent, and that's why we have a sexteguistimal counting system for counting time. 60 seconds in a minute, 360 degrees in a circle. So what uh, did they write in? They wrote in what we call cuneiform. Cuneiform involves pressing a reed into clay to form a logol syllabic lang- uh, text, and they believe that the original language was used for administrative purposes only, like tracking the movement of slaves or animal transactions. However, as we begin to understand what the the Sumerians were writing. Uh, I think it will prove to be much more. Um, will have influences in business, politics, religion, and society, and so we will find that the Samaritans, because they were very intelligent, had a, a very a civilization very similar to our own. Now cuneiform. Was believed to be chiefly used for administrative purposes till around 2700 BC, and then they believed that poetic and abstract works uh, began to surface. And then they they um, and there was a few of the priest class who were considered poets, and they were able to describe uh, decipher some of the Writings as a description of a battle between a goddess and a mountain, the Ina Ah and Ebi. Now the we've heard of you've heard of the phrase the Epic of Gilgamesh, and this this story articulates a king's quest for eternal life. Um, it might be considered the precursor to the Bible story of the flood. It was twelve tablets of work, and it was considered one of the first um, uh, literary pieces. Now, why is cuneiform important? Cuneiform, they don't think, is a language, but more of a writing system. English and many other Latin languages are written in the modern Latin alphabet. So if we arrange the letters In this article and add accents, you can create a Latin-derived or Romance language. Um, Cuneiform was a writing system that spanned about 3,000 years, including Sumerian, Akkadian, Babylonian, Assyrian, Elamite, Hittite, Eurotan, and Old Persian. But... There's only 75 people in the world that can fluently read cuneiform. And currently in the British Museum, there's over 13,000 tablets. So what are they saying? No one knows because only 75 people in the world can read cuneiform. However, if we can now take AI and help us to decipher this ancient language, it could be very interesting. So how would it do that? Okay, well, it will try to figure out the probability of what the next word will be, just almost like a large language model. So, we would input into the uh, language translator a set of characters uh, in cuneiform, and then, based on its model, it will try to predict uh, what the next work character will be. And as that improves in efficiency and its predictability, then we can also start to find groupings of cuneiform that translate into um, words, different words. And then we measure the distance between that word and the cuneiform to find a distance that's called a vector, a word vector. And then based on that distance, we can then start to see uh, how different words in the cuneiform are grouping together and forming somewhat like a family. There's some cohesion in the translation process. And as we do that, we can start to use some linguistic patterns that are maybe known in, the, uh, in translation and see if they follow those particular rules. And if they do, then we, we might be able to say that this was a um, predecessor of our certain languages that may exist today. And then from that, we can add more rules and, and uh, then hopefully be able to translate from the cuneiform into what we would consider English. For example, if you're reading Hebrew, you would read it from right to left, and the um, vowels would be missing. So, Sabbat would be S-B-T, and we would say Sabbat. In English, we would say that was Sabbath. Um, And then we would have groups of words that would have form of what we would call a sentence. Now, there might be things that are missing like uh, verbs or uh, uh, direct objects or um, things like uh, articles, like the, this, pronouns. Those might be missing, but we could from the nouns and maybe from some of the action words, create a series of, of ideas and connect them into a sentence. So that's uh, what I believe that the AI is doing from my understanding of the readings. Okay, there was a, a man at the Maxwellian University. His name was Enrique Jimenez, uh, and he studied in Munich, Germany. And he created an electronic Babylonian literature project. And he brought together archaeologists, data scientists, and historians to rechart ancient human history. So based on this model that they built, they started to develop algorithms that could piece different parts of the tablet together. Now, when they say they're piecing different parts of the tablet, they're doing that similar process of what I'm I've described there with the word vectoring. They're taking words, and they might be um, breaking them down into a, a more simple pattern like a lexamic, le, uh, lemmix, le, lectima, uh, lemmatic form. And so that is almost like encoding. It brings together words to their root form. And the reason you do that is because there's lots of variations on a word. Uh, And and it really doesn't add much when it comes to translating or mapping that word into a pattern. So you uh, lemmatize the word such that it has now this root word. And it almost looks like Hebrew in the sense that you you don't have your vowels in there. And because of that, then it has a more generalized uh, word vectoring. They call that tokenizing. And then so we eventually create a map, and then we'll create a number that indexes into that map, and we use that then as a pattern. And then the second thing we can do is encode it, uh, where that also attempts to find groupings. So they were doing something similar to that as they were translating these documents. And what they they found was really interesting is that they could take portions of what they had and then let the AI try to piece together the parts that they they didn't have. And with training it on um, a base of rules, it could then be exposed to a brand new language that it had never seen before, and begin to do the mapping and translation and piecing together uh, that I had previously stated so it was a, a major breakthrough, and the way they did this is they they applied the algorithms that they're now applying to in computational biology, which is gene sequencing so um Let's say you you take you're looking at a certain protein, and then you you're taking the sugars, and you're 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 segmenting those uh, into different segments of the protein, and you're trying to find out uh, how that protein manifests based on those gene sequences, and so like <clears throat> with enzymes you can cut out certain sequences and you can reinsert sequences, and change the uh, properties of that protein strand. Well. And that's the and that's the approach that they're taking to fixing uh damaged DNA and also discovering uh new drugs that can uh um help in uh solve diseases so by understanding these gene sequencing uh, they're applying this to machine learning. Well, it's a lot like the same problem with language because genes are a language, and you're translating through that language and trying to predict. Uh, uh, characteristics of the language or, or things that would be probable to happen in that sequence. And so language is uh, very similar to genetics. And so they applied this same technology in predicting pieces or fragments of the text where they would belong. They also discovered that there were missing pieces from the Epic of Gilgamesh and they also found a new Mesopotamian gentry, parodies, and jokes used to teach children. They're working now on a piece called Hymn to a City, which details various parts of ancient life, including temple worship and cultic prostitution. Other discoveries included administrative texts detailing ancient transactions, revealed a complex labor landscape where women had access to a variety of job roles now there is another set of researchers and they were working on a product called deep scribe and deep scribe is called has 6,000 hand annotated images from the Persepolis Fortification Archive, which identified 100,000 100, signs. These texts were written in Elamite or elamite language from around 600 B- or 500 BC and were found in a fortification wall. The researchers understood the text well, helping them create an accurate data set, to train predictive models. The predictive model aim is to help researchers transcribe the text at scale. Currently, the, the technology is 80% accurate and they're hoping to accelerate their translation efforts. So what they were hoping to do is create an app. A portable device that can be pointed at various ancient texts and give you instantaneous translation. That would be fantastic, a uh, universal translator that you could uh, just point it at a text and get translation. Now, one of the things I find really interesting is Google's DeepMind. Fantastic. You know, it's been working on solving uh, genetic problems. Uh, one of the big breakthroughs has been the public data made available on the gene sequencing, the human genome. And uh, as a result of this public data put out by major universities, I believe it was Stanford, now companies can take this public data and start to use it to solve problems in, me- um, in medicine. Now, DeepMind can also be applied to languages, and it was applied in a project called Ithaca, and it was used to try to decipher damaged ancient Greek tablets at scale. The model helped historians restore the text with 72% accuracy and could predict the date where they were written within 30 years of the actual age. It could even predict the region where the text was written with 71% accuracy. It was trained on 60,000 ancient Greek texts from across the Mediterranean written about 700 BC to 500 AD. Okay, so a lot of the project here uh, also requires computer vision and natural language processing, because it's going to take the image, it's going to isolate the cuneiform that it sees in the case of Sumerian. uh, In Greek, it's going to recognize the Greek characters, and then it will run that through its pipeline and begin to do its translation. Um, AYA data, which is another AI technology, is a unique AI. Uh, Professor Sanji Krishna of the Department of Computer Science at Nuremberg Collegium said, it's a good machine learning problem because the accuracy is objective here. We have a labeled training set and we understand the script pretty well and it helps us. It's not completely an unknown problem. So they they t- approach this problem by using data labels and data annotations, and they apply those data labels and annotations to ancient scripts in training data. Um. And as a result, they're taking these massive projects and applying that, and then they're also applying computer vision. The same technology that's used to predict diseases on crops is being applied here to help label data. So uh, if it can recognize the character, it will label it. And then now we have a a labeled symbol that's translating into a label that we can read. And we can then translate those labels into data sets that can then... Uh, be run through large language models, and uh, we can use transformers to predict what the what the outcoming text will be in the form of natural language. So I, I, you know that's my first uh, look at AI and machine learning as it applies to uh, translation.